Recording out of Five Scotland, you're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts, Stuart Sullen and Magic Mike Christie. Hello. You're so fucking polite. I know. It's changed within the font. <laughs> so, welcome to Films and Swearing, and welcome to 90s season. Mm-hmm. If I was a bit better prepared, like some funky generic 90s music would have been kicking in right about now, but we're not. Today it is 1990, the year yeah. we will be covering, and it is a joint review of... It's not a joint review. It is a double review of <laughs> Total Recall and Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. Have, you've got, have you even got notes prepared? Because the word, oh, I've got the words Total Recall and Wild at Heart and ah, nothing right, else. Okay, that's, that's all we need. Yes. Like, remember the names of the film. Oh, yeah. and it's episode 185. Ah. Ah, that's a... Key nugget of information I forgot to mention at the beginning of the you show. I think we should do like a, a big, big film for episode 200. <clears throat> I mean, I know we're yes. only a few months away from it, but I think we should. Well, well let's see. John, should we do Kevin Spacey season? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, last year at this time you could have got away with it, but now... <clears throat> no, I think you're just poking at a bee's nest. Yeah. Aye. Nah. No. Okay. We've got a better way to celebrate than getting the, sh- the show shut down. Yeah. Aye. That was the last we ever heard of, Stuart Michael. Yeah. But, aye. Uh, let's warm up by talking about the passing of... Frank, Frank Doubleday. Frank Doubleday, yes. I don't know what an obscure surname, eh? Aye, Doubleday. And it's a memorable one, if anything. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he is known as an American TV actor with a career spanning over three decades. His top IMDb credits, do you want to hazard a guess? Um, I only know Escape from New York and Assault in Precinct 13. Yes. The I... only two that I know I didn't have a clue in then other ones. Aye, and that's it. There was one of these funny things where the, the, it wasn't breaking news that he had died, but through the John Carpenter pages, at least we both follow, yeah. that made news there because he has had iconic roles yeah. in both Escape from New York and Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, for those that aren't aware, who, <laughs> for those who are not aware, I think in why I just went, Arnie, I made it off uh-huh. an awfully fife way there. I know. Assault on Precinct 13. He was the dude that shoots the girl in ice cream van. Yeah. Like, that dude. Obdi, now that's seen that film, knows exactly who we're talking about. Yeah. And, like, I was looking back at, um, well, I've, I've only ever really seen the remake once. And I'm kind of wondering if maybe they would have got away with that if they had done, like, that scene mm-hmm. in the remake. Aye. That's, I need, I've never compared them. Of, oh, nah, like they're totally they're two different films. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's alright, for what I remember. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously, original's best, eh? Aye. And I mean, like, all I ever really seen it for the first time last year or the year before. I think you might have been the same, actually. Yes, definitely. Did you know it for Smithy? Aye, aye, I've, I've gotten the DVD from Smithy since then. 
and I that was my first time watching, and it's like one of the things that how the fuck I've never seen this sooner. Yeah, easy from easy net in minutes. Oh, definitely, and even just like that score, the dun, 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 aye, dun. scores really good. Aye, now his other two most notable IMDb credits included a nineteen eighty five film called Space Rage, where he was credited as brain surgeon, aye. and aye Shakespeare Plan Twelve. From Outer Space. Alright. From 1991. Other than like his big hits with John Carpenter. He's not done that much else. He's relied on TV more than anything else. He's got, because I think he's done a lot. Starsky and Hutch, Wonder Woman, Charlie's Angels, The Incredible Hulk, and Chips. <laughs> Chips. So that's kind of going across from mid-70s to early 90s. Mm. that's how he worked and I believe he's got two daughters who are also actors or actresses uh, one of them is I suppose a key character in the Mr. Robot television series oh the Amazon yeah thing. yeah and it's something like Katrina Doubleday alright I've never seen Mr. Robot so no nah, but I, it's it seems to be like one of the big pivotal Amazon series anyway yeah, uh, but the, the total strange thing about the past and the Frank Doubleday was how we found out about it. The actor's wife, Christina, uh, confirmed his death on Facebook this week. Uh, confirmed that he died on the third of March. Yes, yeah. This uh, motherfucker's been dead for three months. Aye, and we're only now hearing about it. Yes, she told the Hollywood Reporter. That he died with complications from esophagus cancer at his home in Los Angeles on the 3rd of March. Alright. So, I. I mean, like, we're talking about, like, Kevin Spacey. This is, like, the type of shit that probably happened to Kevin Spacey. Like, Kevin Spacey will die and it will not get reported for, like, another 10 fucking years. Mm-hmm. That's it. He hung himself, like, a fortnight <laughs> after the news broke, but it's just... He's got a really good PR team and they kept that secret tight. Yeah. They done that weekend at Bernie's with him and just sat him <laughs> with his arms across two guys who looked really uncomfortable. Uh, so Ah, uh, I I never actually properly like read the article. I just seen like the article being shared. Well what was it? I was I was sort of doing this research for the podcast and all they were saying third of March. I was like, Well how the fuck did we just find out about it this week? Yeah. And I was thinking, did the John Carpenter pages just share old news? And then when I kind of clicked into it, it explained that his wife, like, well, I we found out now at the end of May, beginning of June. Cunts already in the hole and the ground. Aye. Or burnt alive. Well, no alive. I <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> burnt, aye. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, but, fuck. I guess we will have to do a belated toast aye. <laughs> to, to Frank Doubleday. Clink. So, fucking three months, man. This is the first time being reported. Wow. Ah, it's weird. It's like, oh, I can't have forgot to tell you something. Uh, or the fact that your husband died. <laughs> so, 90s season. I know. By decade. Aye, definitely, because that is key for us like in our age range. Like, when yeah. the 90s happened, we were just young children at yeah. a real impressionable age. Yeah. Like, ages five and four. Mm-hmm. when we hit 1990 and that was really I guess like 
at that stage, we would have just been feeding off of the tail end of the the eighties, yeah, like action film wise. Because I can't even remember watching anything else as a kid other than just shit with guns. Aye, fucking high in kicks. Van Damme, Steven Seagal, uh, like all this shit. Police like, Academy. Tra- yeah, but I'm thinking like comedies that I liked when I was a kid. If it wasn't Home Alone, Ghostbusters. Aye, Ghostbusters. Back to the Future. Although I didn't really appreciate Back to the Future till I started getting a bit older. Aye, yeah, because yeah. that's just like the time travel. You watched it, but you never really. Yeah. Like. I think only in recent years I remember. Oh, aye, he did try and rape his mum in the back of the car of the first film. Uh-huh. <laughs> Things you didn't notice when you're wee, um, uh. and that's it. Through watching Total Recall for this episode, there's things because to be honest, I don't think I've watched this since I was a kid. So uh. kind of revisiting it, I was like, man, this does get a little bit rapey at times. Obviously through who, the nineties, uh, who does all the raping? Or we'll get to that later on. Aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck, I mean, through the nineties. Well, that's it. through that decade, we would have went from the ages of 5 and 4 to 15 and 14. Yeah. So all the shit we would have covered, like our tastes would have went from Aye. action films to, God, 15, like, Scream was out by yeah. the end of there. So we were watching the films, like, we got to say we were watching the films we should yeah. have been watching, like Starship Troopers, mm-hmm. uh, Scream. Was American Pie in the 90s or was that uh, Bang yeah, on 2000? So, like, all that stuff. So we kind of like went away from what films were being fed to us by our parents to either what we're seeing in cinemas, yeah. what you're recording off of Sky. Because mm. what do you mind going to see films in the nineties, like in the cinemas? Um, the I remember I remember my first cinema trip was to go and see Dennis. Oh, like the Walter Matthau. Um, Dennis the, the live action one. I think I was maybe. Six, maybe seven, and I remember I can't remember who took my neck and if it was Annie Beth or that, but mm-hmm. I remember pissing myself laughing. But then I remember, I mean, I remember going to see like I think the biggest film I went to see was I went to see Independence Day when I was like nine, ah. and my dad's mate took me. Ah, and aye. when we were going in, obviously it was a big end because it was a twelve and I, and I was I was fucking pumped the whole week to go and see this in the summer, and we were getting there and the guy was like, um, oh. Yeah, is your son old enough and he's like aye aye he's 12 just a bit short for his age <laughs> I was like fucking right and then I think the very last film I went to see the cinema was Phantom Menace mm. like until I think because that's like we had like one cinema in Kirkcaldy and yeah. that didn't make it to the end of the 90s or maybe just well, I remember going to see Phantom Menace, and that was nineteen ninety nine. I think so, I saw Inspector Gadget there, like on an awkward first date with a lassie for high school. You took. Yeah, it was agreed you upon. Took, you took a lassie to go and see Inspector Gadget. I, I'll, I'll tell you the wish story. Wish you went to inspect your gadget. Wish well, there, there's two very <laughs> different stories told, Michael. Right, well, let's go. We met, got the bus. And you were there, and he's like, right, where do we sit in the hall? And she suggested sitting in the front row. I'm like, okay, fair enough. So it's like that thing where like your neck is fucking breaking ah, I try to watch, to watch Matthew Broderick get into all different types of hijinks. And that was it. The, the, 
it was, I guess it wasn't a really successful first date. Nothing really happened. Yeah. Got the bus home. That was it. And the relationship didn't last much longer than that. Nah. And then I heard the rumor afterwards that she was telling Obdi that we went to the pictures and in the back row finger banging. And I was like, what happened now? Like the jaw dropped. It's like, it's like, tra- like I didn't even put my dick in the fucking popcorn like, box. The chance would have been a fine thing. Like if she's going to tell it, at least let it happen. Not make me sit in the front row. Uh, so I, I felt a bit robbed of that experience. <laughs> <laughs> so aye, there's there's like my final trip to the ABC in Kirkcaldy. But so uh, aye, the story that's been shifted around was more exciting than what actually happens. Aye, uh, but for what I remember, Spider Gadget was a mild man. Yeah, so right. Uh, yeah, one of the more forgetful. It was a Disney film as well, eh? Yes, aye. It would have been like that time where, I guess, Matthew Broderick must have been shit hot in the 90s. Because I remember... I remember him doing Godzilla. Godzilla. Because I, was, I mind them being on at the same time. I do remember being in the ABC theatre seeing... I do remember going to see the film Mouse Hunt. Uh, Nathan Lane and Lee Evans. Lee Evans and, uh, being tormented Chris, by a Christopher little mouse. Yes. And I mind before that film played, they showed the trailer for Godzilla before it, and it's just like two men on the pier fishing, and then just the water rise and rise, and then the whole dock being destroyed. Yeah. And I was like, this film looks fucking amazing! <laughs> like, why am and I here? Be, and it was once again where really, the trailer was better than the film. Aye. Time to talk about the films. Aye. Yeah. Okay, so I will go first. I had a look at the release dates, and Total Recall was released before Wild at Heart. Uh, was it a summer? It what was. It, it was it? like a, an August. And I believe uh, Wild at Harvest September. Mm. But So, Total Recall from 1990, directed by Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> he is uh, Dutch, Amsterdam, Netherlands, yeah. and all that. Uh, I won't go in-depth to his career, but he is the director of such fine films as Robocop. Basic Instinct and Showgirls. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You left out Starship Troopers. And Starship Troopers. You I can't do I can do another one. You wouldn't let me forget that. <laughs> I was like, really? You actually named up Showgirls? Showgirls, aye. I, I want to see that there's, there's a clear, he has a thing for futuristic violence and titties. <laughs> well so. he got one of the hands right in showgirls <laughs> and it wasn't the violence actually depends on what type of violence you're on about but mm. aye but um, Total Recall stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as Douglas Quaid why, why does it sound Schwarzenegger why does it sound like you're saying the N word when you pronounce his I name I purposely tried to say it in a way that I wasn't but somehow probably just made it worse when did you call him Big Arnie? So, Big Arnie as Big Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Douglas Quaid slash Hauser. Aye, <laughs> Douglas Quaid, the, um, uh, Not the, Dennis Quaid. Aye, the, um, the relationship with him, aye. Yep. Uh, Raquel, funny Hispanic surname as Melina. Tick uh, Oiton. Tick-Oyton. Aye. T-I-C-O-T-I-N. Tick-Oyton. Tick-Oyton. And that's Hispanic, is it? 
<laughs> is that you like um that is me showing plain ignorance <laughs> and um whitewashing yeah yeah you're stereotyping anyway Again. Sharon Stone there's yeah. a good old American name that fuck could pronounce yeah. and not get wrong as Laurie Ronnie Cox as Velos Cohagen I almost choked that one uh-huh. uh, Michael Ironside as Richter uh, Marshall Bell is George slash Quato. Oh, yeah. That dude. And uh, Mel Johnson Jr. is Benny. I've got five kids. <laughs> I'll tell you who I know was in it. Yes. Yeah. Dean Norris. Dean Norris. He was the guy with the scar over his face. Yes. Yeah. I always, always remember that. I was surprised nobody cried on vagina face in the film. Because that's what it looked like, honestly. <laughs> Like, yeah. how was that? Like, I missed one liner. But, yeah. Total Recall, the plot reads uh, When a man goes for a virtual vacation memories to the planet Mars, an unexpected and harrowing series of events force him to go to the planet for real. Or does he? Huh. That was how IMDb put it. Alright. Now. Now, I know this isn't a. Our first time watch, like we practically fucking grew up with this film. Yes, that was definitely in the cycle of Arnie films we watched regularly as children. Yeah, I mean it would just have been in a heavy rotation with both Terminators. Yeah, I just re- always Running remember Man, Predator, Predator, Kindergarten Cop, <laughs> Kindergarten Cop. Yes, that was that. That, that was the go-to ones. Oh, definitely. Oh, Commando as well, though. Of course, Commando. I watched this a lot as a child, and I think that was where it kind of stayed. I don't remember, like, when I was older, I don't think I revisited it. Maybe once or twice. Yeah. But I don't think it as often as, like, say, Terminator yeah. 1 or 2, or I'd say Running Man. Mm. Um, But through watching it last night, it, it still kind of holds up. I don't think it, it's, it's top tier. As I think I would still choose Running Man over it. Aye. I think there's more to mm. Running Man than there is Total Recall, but yeah. it is a total straightforward sort of like action. There's not a lot like it's a straightforward story. Like he he gets these dreams about Mars, and he decides like pretty soon on. Ah, I think I'm gonna go see about this thing. Goes wrong, then it all kicks off. Guns, blades, and blood, violence, three titty hookers. Yeah. yeah. Midget strippers, uh, Dean Norris, and of course the famous line, get your ass to Mars. Yeah. It's hard not to really enjoy this film. It is such an easy watch. Yeah. And I feel like, it's, I can how, but you should watch it back and just look at Arnie because he, he has like this childlike wonder somewhere. He just looks like he's so impressed with everything going on around him. Uh, where it's the scene where he goes to the the office to find out about. Sort of like as if you're going to the travel agent to see what holiday oh, you're going to get. He's like picking his the woman. Yes, and it was like you could go to Mars, and he was talking about Mars. Like, oh, really? What about Saturn? Saturn's good at this time of year. Like, I want to go to Mars. He's like, okay, Mars, oh. of course. And they're sitting saying, "I was like, what about women? Like, what type do you like?" And it's all these screams of the different hairs and the uh. size of the chest. And one's like, "He's got to enjoy himself." And they're saying, uh. like, "It's like it just it's so sleazy, but." It just, he looks so, like, so... Giddy. Ah, he does. He looks like he's really, like, he just, 
he just got to a bed with Sharon Stone and he's yeah. about and that was what I was meaning at the start about it being a little rapey she'd fought out one and she was trying to run away and he just grabbed her by the legs and just pulled her on some and started untying her top like he's uh, like wait a minute <laughs> yeah but I mean what, what Big Arnie wants is what Big Arnie gets eh? yes and she was fucking pissed with him because he was having dreams about Melina like he mm. was thinking like who is this woman that you're walking about Mars with and it's clearly like this is all the, the suppressed memories he's had yeah. but I mean this film does have one thing is the the fucking physical effects uh, is like fucking nightmare worthy ah uh, it's when they're um, like when they like they decompress like the the mask and the, mask. Like, the eyes start bulging out of the skull and the, you know, the big mouth and the teeth yeah. it's like and his fucking face blows up it kind of gives like a Rodney Dangerfield vibe yes he does it looks them. like he's about to have a fucking heart attack <laughs> <laughs> but Ah, the practical effects are so really like impressive, like for the time, because this is after this is nineties, so we've already passed Terminators and like, yeah. Running Man. Like it was either I'm not sure whether it was just because of the budget, but the practical effects they chose, and the same effect like one of the key ones when he's undercover in like the transport station and he's dressed as a woman. Oh yeah. And there's that moment where he unveils and the mask comes off and it's Aye. got like a rubber Arnie head underneath it. Yeah. But it's how they do it. Like the camera looks up and it looks and then the real Arnie's in its place with like quick cuts. Yeah. But things like that, um, I was impressed because I never noticed it before. Like this was the first time he noticed all these practical yeah. effects. As a kid, I just bought it. Yeah. Like that was it. This is just effects in a film. You never thought, it's like, is this CGI? Are they puppets? What's going on here? Yeah. Like this is me first watching it with like an analytical like I'm sitting breaking it down seeing how they've made it and it's impressive yeah the same because I think they use like miniature sets as well for like Mars aye. landscapes and stuff aye I always remember like the Mars settings being like like looking pretty cool and stuff aye so it was like I'm starting to appreciate things on a different level now that I'd never noticed as a kid yeah. like man those three tips were convincing <laughs> <laughs> but but Michael Ironside though he, uh, he was a fucking brilliant villain. Ah, uh, Michael Ansley is a fucking treasure. Like. He is, and it's one of those things where you see him in other films, like, fuck, he's good. What is he for again? And you click, and it's like, it's total, like, total recall, of course. And he, the thing, the last film I've seen him in would have to have been that terrible kid. I've got a record on my table box, because I really wanted to see it. He's, he's well, is he, I can't remember if he is the main villain. But he does, he's like a leader of a gang or a cult. Yeah. And he does, it's just, when you see him now, you think, fuck, Michael Ironside. Yeah, because I mean, he was, he done the voice of Sam Fisher and Splinter Cell. Did he? Aye, and then, well, up until the last one, and then they changed it, and it was somebody oh. else's voice in it, like, you're so used to Michael Ironside's voice. Aye, I just only change it, who the fuck's this guy? Aye. Um, I mean, like, Michael Ironside, like, he was fucking brilliant and Starship Troopers as well. Yeah. We played one of the colonels. Was he in Top Gun? I can't mind. I feel like he was like a, a commander and something. They didn't like the cut of somebody's jip. Uh, I'm going to have to. Can't mind. I mean, I remember, um, I think, I think like his like breakthrough role was maybe that Scanners, which David Cronenberg did oh. in the early 80s. Yes, he was in Top Gun. Oh, was it? Jester. Right. So, 
But uh, he is. He he, he kind of has like that feel. Like the same with like Arley Emery. Like, he kind of has play, like a, the, a military yeah. feel to him. Like he could play mm. a bad guy. He could play somebody of authority quite easily just by the way he looks. Because yeah. he looks really imposing. So yeah. to have him sort of set across for Arnie and this made it perfect. He didn't need to look like a big muscly dude. He just Aye. looked really imposing with a whole load of cronies to chase him. Yeah. And in this film, he, like Sharon Stone was his wife. Yeah. Like when she was an undercover agent sitting sleeping with. Yes. Because that's, that's the brilliant thing about this story is like sort of the journey they take you on where right, he just really wants to get these memories of going to Mars. Now, to me, that, I reckon if I, I would like that as a tech, like if that became a thing here, like right, you could go pay 200 quid and it will give you a fortnight's memory of Florida. Like, yeah. probably like I, I really just want to go to Florida rather than paying for the memories of thinking I was there. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's like artificial. Aye, it's like that's it. It's artificial memories, and you think, I guess, but yeah. you'd really want to be there rather than just paying for the thought of like, waking up going, oh, because then because then it's practically it's like you're actually just paying for a dream. Yes, pretty much. Aye, and then they add that new twist to it. It was like, well, you could also be a sports idol, a playboy, or a secret agent, and that was like Arnie was like eyes lit up at Christmas, like. Secret agent. I want to be a kindergarten teacher. Aye. It's not a tumour. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, fuck. Like, of course, getting those options, I, sure, it would be, it seems fine, but I love how it kind of, like, triggers when they go to do the implant. It all goes askew. Aye, yeah. And it's because, like, they've suppressed a memory and he's woke up. Like, he was already in Mars. He's already a secret agent, and it all just kind of goes mental. Yeah, because it? it's kind of got um, like a uh, Jason Bourne yes. sort of feel. Because ah, he's cause like, like a sleeper agent ah, being yeah. woke. And it's a thing where they, they lean heavily. It's like, is he really a sleeper agent, or has he had a schizoid fucking like meltdown, and he's like in that 1% or where this actually fucks up? Yeah. So you're kind of put on that guessing game. What was it? Is he a guy just having a fucking... A f- Total cycle fit, and he's ran off shooting people because you have. There's a great moment where he runs back to his apartment, and Sharon Stone's sitting working out, and she's like, "Cameron, he's like, oh, I went to recall and done this, and I've killed like the guys from my work are actually agents, and they tried to kill me, and I've, I killed them, and and I like how there was no hesitation. He killed them all quick, Aye. like headlocks, snap yeah. necks. His pal just like put his heel in his face and just pulled his arm till his neck broke, like <laughs> fucking nib yeah. eye. And she went back and said, no, you're all, it's a dream. It's You're hallucinating. It's like, it's like is this a dream? And he holds up his hands and they're covered in blood. He's like, oh, that's a fucking brilliant bit. <laughs> and then like, you realise she's now a sleeper agent as well, set yeah. to kill him. And it's all filmed in a way that like the lights are out. So he doesn't know who the fuck's trying to kill him. And he's sitting screaming for her to get to help. And the light comes on and he's like, it's her. Aye, because it's you know, like, got her like a headlocker from it. Aye, and that's when the light, the light comes back on. He's like, you... And she's she proper of, whoops his ass. Eh? Aye, she's like, she was under some sort of martial arts training film when I read like the IMDb trivia. So they got her sort of ready to be like play housewife slash secret agent at the same time. Yeah. But the whole shit about getting his ass to Mars, like this is brilliant. It gives the science fiction like a proper 
Aye. I think it goes to the next level. They've, he goes to Mars and he's on there and you get to see the whole red planet and what, because it's fucking completely different. There's all those yeah. people, all those mutants. Uh, Dean Norris, one of many. Yeah. And I reckon why, but the fucking Johnny Cabs. I was just going to say, why were we not talking about them before? I, it's just one of the weirdest like, yeah. it's one of those great novelty moments in the film that you'll take away from it aye because you always laugh about it aye and it's just because weird... they're like the programmed to only answer aye like, set questions and yeah. like let's go now like give me a destination or a street now now <laughs> and just fucking rips it and rip just grabs the joystick but it's just I always remember I always laugh at the the bit where he's crashed the Johnny Cab and it's on fire and Aye. it's still it's like have a nice day Aye, it's like <laughs> nightmare material um, <laughs> but just looking at how fucking weird the robot is because like, it looks like a really wrinkly old man at, at first I thought it was the fucking uh, bartender for the overlook like <laughs> dude for the shining uh, but I realised after snooping online it is based it is voiced and based on the looks of Robert Picardo Mind uh, he is the bald doctor from the Star Trek, and he's in all a lot of the Joe Dante films. He's in Gremlins too. He's like a businessman that sleeps with the female Gremlin. Oh, bald dude. Oh, him. Aye, that dude. Um, that's based and uh, it's based on his look, and he voices ah, the cabbie. Oh, I know that. But um, it just makes him look really fucking old because it looks like a really wrinkly old man. Aye. But it's a robot. Yeah, um, there is a bit I always remember, and it's I, I can't remember like, what the setup leading up to it is, but he's he's got like a, a towel on his head. Yes. And is is he carrying a briefcase or something? And he's aye. running away, and it's no, he takes a briefcase off a woman. He, yes, aye, because he gets a phone call saying, "Right, we've left your gear here." And aye. he goes, and a woman finds it, and he's like, "This is mine." And he's like, "No, this is left for me." I was like, yeah. fuck you! She's really getting in his, like, <laughs> like, she just saw a free briefcase. Aye, and he uh, just turns and bows to her. Aye, aye, because he's got, the, the whole wet towel thing was to dampen, like, a, a tracker that aye. had been placed in his head. And there's a great effect shot where one of the tools in the briefcase is to remove the tracking device oh, that's up his nose. Yeah, oof. And it looks like, it looks like a thing you're going to, like, wipe your windows with. It looks like something like... Ah, it's like a squeegee or something. Aye, exactly. And it's like it opens up. And it clutches it and like a wee hook comes in and like little pincers and it's got like a wee video call because it's like this space age technology where it's just like giant ass video phones. Yeah. And it's just irony with like this well shot background. It's like, hey, if you're talking to me now, that means you're probably wearing a wet towel around your head and you're being chased. Is <laughs> it <laughs> right? Let's get rid of that tracking device. And it's another great prosthetic shot because when you watch it new, you realise it's just a puppet. Like, aye. the whole, like, Arnie's gritting his teeth out and there's a big thing up his nose and his eyes are bulging. It's just a whole fucking puppet. It's like, it's aye. amazing. And because it, it goes up his nose and of course his whole face distorts when he's pulling his big ball out of his aye. nose. And it's just a tiny wee thing, eh? Aye, because like a capture and breaks off and then it's that. And he like, sticks it in like a bit of chocolate and chucks it at a rat. And the fucking rat runs aye, off yeah. it. And then you've got all of fucking uh, Michael Ironside's henchmen sitting chasing a rat about and they're just firing guns like he's over there and he just fires at nothing and then the day that and the same he gets all his uh, secret agent gear also includes like a watch that gives like a mirror image ah that's um, I would call it like a hologram aye because at first he fucking 
freaks himself out thinking there's some cunt behind him and he sits, fires a shot and then realises it's all happening in the same pattern. And he walks over and he's like, hee hee hee. He's like, he just, like, oh, I'm sick of Asia, this <laughs> so is fucking, fucking cool. Yeah. Aye. But, I mean, to be honest, I'm trying to think what my favourite moment is. And I, I think, well, I've told you, I think it is. It's that scene at the start where he's in the travel agent choosing what he gets to be. But other than that, I, I think I talked about off air was how surprisingly violent the film is. Aye. Um... When uh, Melina and uh, I guess these house at this point and they're getting strapped into chairs and they're about to get, it's not like getting their memories wiped. I think they were going to put new memories on them so they were going to think you're not agents, you're a couple and it's that next thing. And Arnie being Arnie, he manages to power out pulling off one of the arm bags and hits a boy in the face and it's like a metal pipe hits him in the throat and just a fountain of blood comes out and another guy grabs a pin, punches him and every time somebody turns around, the face is soaked in blood. Like he's bludgeoning people. Just like, you, uh, you, snaps, lets her free, and absolutely everyone's killed in that room. And there's like one person that's supposed to be lying on the ground, but there's an imposed metal spike, like either through their neck or their head, keeping them from actually touching the ground. Like somebody has been straight up impaled. It's like, fucking hell, what? Are they can, like, I guess I just, I never picked up violence as a kid. Like that. Looking at it, I was like, that is violent as fuck. Because, uh, I mean, like, Robocop was pretty violent. Yes, fucking the dude getting mushed at the end after getting covered in toxic waste or acid. That and the the infamous Ed 209 malfunction in the fucking office at the yes. start of the film. I, I always remember the, it's like the director's cut of that film goes on for an additional 30 seconds, like, in the original... Cut, you see him getting shot and then when he lands on the um like the the model way like Detroit. Aye. And then cuts to like the machine obviously powering down, but then in the director's cut he walks over and just starts unloading on him as he's on the table and all that. <laughs> and it's like wow. So graphic. Aye. So I think they're really my main talking points. Yeah. I don't I don't think there is anything really bad about this film. Yeah. I did notice the score was done by Jerry Goldsmith. Ah, I'm trying to remember what the score went like again. I can't even remember the score. It was weird. When I saw that, I was like, holy fuck, that's, like, that's a big name when it comes to music. So I left an ear out for it. And it, was, it wasn't anything really notable. There's a nightclub scene uh, where he gets dropped off at the bar by Benny. And he's going around and there's this... Music playing, it almost just makes me think of like music or Sonic the Hedgehog, like when you get to like the oh, futuristic city yeah. where it's like a night light and it's all like a, it's got an electro techno theme. Like, that was the music that played. But other than that, and of course, like the the most famous uh, Quato. Oh, yeah. The, the little. I think that's because like, it looked like this guy had Chucky in his stomach. Yeah. That's what it looked what, like. What was the, what was the infamous word he was saying? To be honest, I watched it two days ago and I could only picture it. I can't actually hear the words. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. I just hear him saying, go ho. He's like, no, you're not E.T. Uh, um, it, was, it was famous. As I told, but I'm uh, blanking. I do remember it's gone. Um, who steals it? Probably Arnie. Aye, Arnie. Definitely. Like Benny tries. Him and his kids. Ah, but, yeah, Benny was funny for what I remember. Yeah, but no, definitely, it's Arnie's film. 
Budget and box office, unless you've got anything else. I've got a chunk of trivia, but I'll go budget first. Um, okay, how much do you think it would have cost to make a film like this? I reckon it probably cost in between 50 and 80 million. Not bad. Uh, 65 million. 65. So, and I think I did see on some pages it was fluctuated between 50 and 65. So I'm not sure if they maybe went over budget or not. Uh, do you think it made its money back? Oh, easily. Arnie in the 90s, eh? <sighs> I reckon... Worldwide, I reckon it probably made... Maybe between two and three hundred. Uh, 261. So, so yep. decent. Uh, it was 119 domestic and 141 foreign. So, right, it's a, a nice bank. Um, now, for the trivia, there was one of the, the most famous things that kind of would be infamous. Um, a lot of, like, Mars, in actuality, was Mexico. Alright. And uh, all the crew fell ill due to food poisoning uh, through, during the production of the film. Uh, with the exceptions of Arnold Schwarzenegger and one of the writers, uh, Ronald Schutz, uh, Schussitz. Uh, Schwarzenegger escaped the illness because he had uh, his food catered and brought to him from the United States. Because ah. he was like on a strict diet of just being Arnold Schwarzenegger, bodybuilder. <laughs> so he had all his meals brought to him from America, so he never touched catering. Alright. So all the crew, the director, I mean... He said he'd learned a lesson, and I remember this because I listened to uh, Schwarzenegger's uh, biography on Audible, and I mind him telling the story about how he got so ill on the set of Predator, uh, because he drank uh, Mexican tap water, <laughs> and uh, that was him, he was like, he'd been wiped out during the production, that he was so ill, he said he lost weight, and he said never again, so he always knew where his water and where his food was coming from, uh, so... Um, the other guy I mentioned that Ronald the writer IMDB going to notes saying that he used to get uh, mocked by the crew because he was doing like he would only buy bottled stuff and he would eat certain types of food and they were giving him shit for it and then all the crew got sick and was like well, fucking look at you now aye uh, the, the director was that bad for food like food poisoning they mentioned that they had an ambulance nearby on set uh, all times and in between takes, the paramedics would administer fluids and medication to him so he could continue directing the film despite his illness. <laughs> so I think if like, it was just him and seven directors' chairs, probably sat on a bucket. Just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, a bucket and a doggy bag. Aye, like the, the film was rolling, you could just hear in the background just listen to like a muddy tap running. Nah. It's just the director going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was fine, Arnie. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. Oh. Uh, so, aye, that is the trivia. Uh, we've done the box office. Um, aye, so I guess I, it's handing it over to you now, Mike, for cool. uh, Wild at Heart from 1990. And I, I remember seeing the director's name, 
Was it David Lynch? David Lynch. I was just about to say David Cronenberg, but no. Uh, where Yeah, so Wild the Heart, uh, directed by David Lynch, starring Nicolas Cage. <coughs> Sorry, uh, Nicolas Cage as Sailor Ripley, Laura Dern as Lula Fortune, Diane Ladd as Mama Fortune. I forgot what her actual name is. <laughs> uh, Willem Dafoe as Bobby Peru, ah. and Harry Dean Stanton as Johnny Farragut. Ah, some names there. Mm. Like a Laura yeah. Dern. Ah, I know. This was like before the Jurassic Park. Aye, before she was fucking... Aye, definitely. Ah, so this was a, a film that I'm kind of glad I got to like watch, because it was a film that was on my like radar for a while. Mm-hmm. I'd like seen like clips here and like trailers and stuff um i'm no really familiar with much of david lynch's work i've no i've no seen twin peaks or anything no i tried um, it when it was on netflix but yeah like three episodes in i just ended up watching something else um i've no seen blue velvet is it blue velvet the yeah. film we done Aye, well, same same did for twin peaks as well yeah and, and i've seen stealing dennis hopper Aye. Yeah, um, I've no seen that. I just so there's like a lot of his like signature like stuff in this film, right? Um, so the plot, point heart is Starfro's lovers go on a road trip seeking happiness while evading a cast of colourful characters. Ah, okay. So colourful as in Hispanics. No, like just a like a really <laughs> wide variety, like like all these characters. Crazy folk. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's weird. I'd never ever fucking heard of this film until you suggested it for the nineties season. Yeah. I was like, Wow, how the fuck could that be? And it wasn't until I was like doing notes and I just put your name and I'll put that film into Google just to see if it was released before Total Recall and I was like, Nicholas Cage and Laura Dern, David yeah. Lynch. Like, what? Yeah. So, I could totally see why you'd want to watch it because there's there's names that and it's strange. Yeah, I mean like Nicholas Cage was, I I, I, I want to say he was relatively unknown in nineteen ninety because he obviously I think his big hit was Raising Arizona yes, in the eighties, but I don't think he was like like an A lister sort of thing. Aye, I think he kind of got He's that right in like the mid eighties and mid nineties and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, ah, so uh, this was a strange fucking film. Aye. Yeah. Um, so. So, the, you're saying that they went and saw strange characters on a, it was a road trip. Aye, so, like, the film opens and, um, the first person you see is Nicolas Cage, like, slick black hair, mm-hmm. snake skin jacket, with like a, I'm trying to think if it's like a like a Texas accent or something. Right. He's like talking to Laura Dern, his character Lula, and this says black boy comes over him and like shows a knife to him, mm-hmm. and Nicholas Cage just snaps, right. starts beating him like literally starts like beating his head off the like um, handle down the stairs. Aye. And like fly and murders the boy. Aye. And it shows you him going to jail. Seems like we're watching Con Air. Yeah. Um, 
and he, I think he writes that he's going to be out in a few years, and then it cuts to, I think he like, gets out like two years later. Right, right. And then it's just them deciding to go on like a, a road trip. Aye. It's got like a, a very Bonnie and Clyde type feel to right. it. So do they uh, get into trouble along the way? Well, no, oh. no so much that like, I, I, it's no like heavily reliant on violence at that. Like, so, there is like a couple of like, violent scenes in the film. But what, what genre does it kind of fall into? Is it? I don't a know. Because, comedy. Well, I, I'm or not the, really fucking sure because when uh like I couldn't be bored looking for it on fucking like Cody or that, so mm. I just I rented it on Xbox and aye. And under the genres, it was like everything like action, horror, thriller, fucking. Ah, because I, I kind of think of, like I'm getting like a drama vibe for what you're telling me. Yeah, but it kind of plays like that. Like it's got, like the, it's just like the characters that there is. It's like um, I'm trying to think because I've not really seen like any like David Lynch stuff, but like, the uh, characters are just really like outlandish. Right, so I go and give me a couple of examples of who they meet. So, um, but obviously with the story, when um, Nicholas Cage character is in jail, he um, he comes out. Um, Laura Dern's mum's like like flat against her, like going with him and stuff. Ah. Yeah. So obviously she rebels against it, and then it's uh, the mum decides to like hire a. Like a hitman, a, a group of higher killers. All right. To like go after him, but no her. Aye. And then it just kind of like descends upon that. Who does? Where does William Defoe? Willem well, Defoe. Willem fit Defoe doesn't really show up in the film till maybe and like the film don't for like just over two hours long. Aye. And Willem Defoe doesn't actually show up till about maybe an, maybe an hour and fifteen hour and twenty minutes in. All right. It's just a a random guy. Aye. At first. Right, so do you stick with the story or is he just sort of like a, um, a passing character? Well, no, because I think he, they, they, and the part where they, um, when they meet up with like, all this group of people, um, Palm Defoe's like one of the uh, guys that these other people know. Right. And it just seems to be like kind of friendly and then he decides to talk uh, Nicholas Cage and he, doing like a bank robbery and stuff alright but um, like the characters um, it's got like they go into like Louisiana and stuff and mm-hmm. there's a lot of like really like fucking I'm trying to think the word I'm looking for oh what's the name of the thing that we'll say is it's like the Mardi Gras and stuff it's in Louisiana aye so, aye, like, so like a New Orleans Aye. aye, so there's a lot of like like jazz stuff. Um, aye, like they've all got kind of like southern French like accents. Um, right. I mean, like, like the visuals are like quite. Like, there's a lot of like interest in um like like there's a bit whenever whenever um, Nicholas Cage lights a match. Aye. The screen just shows the match being lit, like zoomed in, like aye. every time. Aye. Good. That's that. To be honest, I've never watched any David Lynch that I know of, and I've always heard that he's got a weird style, supposedly. Aye, yeah. And there probably needs to be a time where we should probably just watch a handful of his stuff to find this out ourselves. Yeah. But just when you're describing there that when he could be doing different camera styles, 
It makes me think back to like Martin Scorsese with Cape Fear. There's um, in fact, I've wrote, I've got that in my notes. Um, there's a a sex scene in the film where it got that like bright red neon mm-hmm. like color like throughout the whole right, and it kind of reminds me of that bit in Cape Fear when we were talking about with the aye. Remember you said you thought the color was like. Ah, there's well, something it, wrong with the actual picture, but it's no. Exactly, it's just these. This is the way we're going to do it. Yeah, and that obviously seems to be like the nineties thing because that was Cape Fear. That was nineties. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I guess, it's just being experimental with the technology at the time. But yeah, um, I mean, you've got like other characters like, um, well, I think uh, Harry Dean Stanton. I think Harry Dean Stanton is actually like underlooked. Right. In this film, aye, like he's no, he's no in it like a great deal. Yeah, but he just he just plays Harry Dean Stanton. Eh? Aye, you know, like there's a, a scene. Aye. Yeah, doesn't give a fuck. He um, there's a scene where he's in like a hotel room and he's like, I think he's like kind of sleeping and he's like, I'm trying to think of what's on TV, but he gets disturbed like a noise, but he's like actually like barking in his sleep. Aye, <laughs> um, trying to think who else is in it. The the mum, mm-hmm. the mum's a, a a really interesting character. Like she, I, I don't know if she's like a like a fucking. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But I reckon if she got like a split personality or anything. Oh, bipolar. Aye. Yeah. Um, because on my notes here, I've got doing like her name, and that's actually Ma- uh, Marietta. Right. Um, so my notes were his she loves a drink like every time like it's a pressure at the start of the film I think she is actually pissed right. in the film um, she obviously doesn't she has a, like, a, a real dislike for Nicholas Cage's character mm-hmm. it's not really made clear in the film if she is actually having a relationship with uh, the character played by Harry Dean Stanton right because obviously they go away to um, like New Orleans and stuff. Mm-hmm. She gets him to go and like find them, mm-hmm. and then she and then she enlists the help of this um, uh, like bounty hunter, like called like Marcellus, uh, Marcellus Santos. Right. And I think she kind of realizes that she's done a wrong, like a bad thing. So Aye. then she phones um, Harry Dean, and she's like, "Look, she's like, I've done something like bad, but I can't tell you." Mm-hmm. She's like, "I'm going to come down to New Orleans myself." So I don't know if they're actually like, in a like a relationship, but it's not actually like um, like being told. Aye, or that. But um, well, they like, have this this partnership. Yeah. Um, no. At first, I thought she was he played her stepdad, but I don't think Ashley does. Mm-hmm. What's Laura Dern like in it? Um, does she uh, get? A, she surprisingly gets a tits out quite a lot. Aye. Um, so she kind of comes across as this. I, I like. I don't think they actually go into specific details, like tell like how old they are. Aye. But she kind of comes across as like a kind like a bratty teenager sort of thing. Aye. Like just like like rebels against like her mum and stuff. Aye. But, um, just 
spends a wee bit of the fun like moaning and all that if she's not getting like fucked about by Nicholas Cage and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's a there's always like a recurring uh, metal track playing in the film. All right. And I've no actually looked to see who it was, but there's a scene where um once they go uh, once you get to like this uh, hotel uh, the like fucking shadow and that whatever and then they're gonna go dancing and, and then it kicks into like heavy bass and like mm-hmm. fucking drums and shit and they're in this like like metal club and they're just he's throwing like karate kicks about and that and she's Aye. just jumping about. Yeah. And there's um I seen the film where she's driving and she can't find any music on like the car radio and it's always like it's just all the news snippets. So she freaks out and then he's like, Alright, I'll find some. Turns the dial and it just so happens to be the song. Aye. Playing and then they start running about a field mm-hmm. and like doing like the same like dance routine like like karate kicking each other and stuff. Aye. Um Does some fucking out there like Aye, it's I mean, I wouldn't say it's the worst one I've seen. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I was hoping it was going to be a lot better. I thought maybe it was going to be a bit more like action orientated and all that. Aye. But, I mean, I, like I said, I've not really seen much of David Lynch's stuff. I think it's quite like an acquired taste. Aye, definitely. Because I'm trying to think of the stuff that he done. Um, well, that's the way you're talking about it, you mentioned like, hitmen are getting hired, he's being coaxed into a bank robbery, so... Yeah. Does it get more action orientated or? Um, only really when they do the bank robbery because they um they then they drive to this location that um, he uh, Nicholas Cage knows the, this person that's there who tells him if there's like a bounty hunter like for them and all that like like, she, like this person knows if there's like bounties on certain people's heads and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they kind of laying low there for a while, and that's where they bump into Willem Dafoe. Aye. Um, like Aye. I've I've said it many times, Willem Dafoe like fucking makes any film pretty much. Definitely. Like the guy as as a character, mm-hmm. and the character that he portrays in this, um, uh, Bobby Peru. So he's a he was a he was in the Marine Corps. Right. So he's got the katatu, he's got the USMC like written on his hand. Mm-hmm. Slick back hair, he's got a wee thin moustache right at the top of his lip. Right. And he's got the most hideous fucking teeth <laughs> ever. And he just, he looks so sleazy. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a scene where he kind of, he doesn't rape Laura then, but like he, like, grabs a hold of her mm-hmm. and like, like, has a feel about there. Aye. Um, but like he, like he's fucking like probably one of my favorite actors for like Aye. some of the stuff that he does. Definitely. And the whole bank robbery thing. The one thing I really don't get is like why people rob banks with like stockings on their head. Aye. Because Nicholas Cage it looks like Nicholas Cage. Aye. Well, regardless know. if they're stocking on or not, like it sure just makes your face look a bit smudged. Yeah. But it's still a bit recognizable. Um, the um, the plan for the robbery is they're going to be double crossing um, Nicholas Cage. Okay. Um, and so they they go into the uh, the bank and there's these like older uh, security guards. One of the pair of bastards is fucking hand blown off. Oh Jesus. Um. So then when 
Willem Dafoe leaves the, the PlayStation, uh, the, the bank, he gets shot by postman. Mm-hmm. And as he's going down, he's holding like a, a sort of shotgun. Right. As he's being shot and he falls down, he like pulls the trigger on the shotgun and like blows his head clean off. Fucking hell. What, what's it? Do, do you get shown this stuff? Yeah. Or do like, oh, yeah. yeah. So there's some gruesome visuals. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, there's like, after that scene, obviously, they're arresting Nicholas Cage. The security cars that are in the bank are all, like, shot to fuck. But they're, they're still kind of alive. And, like, the one that's missing the hands, like, where is it? Where is it? They can sew the shit on. And then all you <laughs> see is this wee fucking dog coming out the back door, running down the street with a hand in its mouth. Fuck's sake. <laughs> but it's kind of, like, raised a wee chuckle for me. And I thought, all right. You bit dark humour. Yeah. So, obviously, because Nicholas Cage broke his parole. Mm-hmm. He only gets uh, jailed for um, like five years. And then yeah. it sure cuts to five years later and uh, Laura Dern's had, had the kid. Right. Uh, the mum is still very much trying to control Laura Dern and she is looking old and withered and steaming and still holding a martini glass. <laughs> uh, if you've not covered it already, what, it, what would have been your favourite scene? Um, I'd probably say maybe Willem Dafoe um, walk, he knocked on knocked on a door and he comes in and he's looking for Nicholas Cage mm-hmm. and he, um, he's, like, he's like oh can I use a, can I use your head to piss in right and she's like um, um, like what he's like, he's like no 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 uh, he's like no I'm in your toilet obviously and he just stands there and starts talking shit. But it was just like, that's that scene where he kind of comes across as quite rapey. Aye. Just because he looks so sleazy. Yeah, of course. Um, if any, maybe the the dog running out with a hand. And just for the comedic effect. Definitely. But I mean, I'd probably say I was, I was kind of disappointed with the film. Aye. Overall. Yeah. Well, that's from your expectation of it anyway. Aye, I was kind of, you, I was expecting it Did you watch a trailer? I wa- yeah, I watched the trailer a few days ago. and So you had a, a slight idea of what to I, expect. Yeah. Um, the trailer kind of just showed you, like, fire and, like, everything. And I thought it was... It kind of reminded me a wee bit of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. No, oh, Like, just with the way the trailer was. And I thought, oh... Aye, a bit trippy. Aye. And, like, mm-hmm. for a second when I was doing my notes, I thought David Lynch directed Fear and Loathing, but it wasn't he? Oh, it's Terry Gilliam. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, can't, I was, I was a little bit disappointed, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I reckon if Willem Dafoe wasn't in us, I probably would have harder to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound too bad, likes, but it probably sounds like I, I it'd think be worth it's one like, watch. Yeah. I think because it's on for like just over two hours as well, it's it Aye, does it feel like a lot. It, it, does it does come across as like a like a drama? It kind of lulls a wee bit. Mm-hmm. I think it could have been an hour forty easily. Aye, I reckon if there'd been cut twenty five minutes, it maybe would have been a bit more. Yeah, easier to watch. Um, so rewatchability in that case, probably not again anytime soon. Or? Nah, not anytime soon anyway. Mm-hmm. Unless I really, like, really want to. The Zavi Steelbook edition of Wild at Heart. Nah, I didn't. I've always, it's always been on my radar, the steelbook, but it's just something that I've just never, 
I like to look at like the actual steel books. Aye, so one actually exists. Aye, aye. On Zabby. Um, yeah, I can't remember I was, what it looks like. Ah, okay, that was a, a backfire joke then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they fucking make a steel book out of anything. Mm, aye, yeah. But I guess with being David Lynch, they, they, they tend to do a lot of his own catalogue. Yeah. I, Everything will be in steel. Like, I, I, I still really want to see Blue Velvet. Ah, yeah, I'm curious about that as well. Just because of like Dennis Hopper and I kind of want to see like how weird it is and stuff. Exactly, you want to kind of see what prime uh, David Lynch is. Yeah. I mean, it's on Netflix as well, so we can get exactly, that that's rather relatively easy. Ah, it is pinned on my list, I believe. Yeah. So, do you have any? Um, I've got, I've got budget and I've got trivia. Okay. Um. I would predict that this film probably cost fifty million to make. Uh, no, uh, it cost a nice nine point five million. Wow. Okay, I was about to kind of like back that up by saying it's either fifty or under, but I would never have imagined that. Yeah. Low. Nine nine point five. Jeez, oh. So, had have easily made its money back. Um. Well, fuck there it. was it's only a domestic couldn't find a worldwide. Well, I that's um, it. Domestically, it made fourteen okay. million. So it made the money back, and it made decent. A wee bit change. Yeah, a wee bit change. Aye. So that's it. You're wondering how David Lynch isn't a huge. Well, it, it could be like a household name to some people, but yeah. it's not like you're not gonna like our our folks are not gonna care who David Lynch is. Mm. Not that I'd imagine, but or or like. Maybe other than they wouldn't know anything else other than Twin Peaks, yeah, the big titles like. So you, I can't imagine a lot of people seeing that back in the day. Was the point I was trying to get to there? Yeah. So trivia. Um, I have got uh, what three interesting pieces of trivia. I thought I had four, but I've only wrote them three. Um, the snakeskin jacket that Nicholas Cage wore was in fact owned by him. All right. Um, he wanted to wear it just because he felt like it meant there's a like there's a bit in the film where he talks about the snake skin jacket how it represents his individuality and it gives him like the freedom mm-hmm. of being who he is yeah the Willem Dafoe is although <laughs> there's a typo here but I in that scene where he goes to the toilet he is actually pissing in the toilet. Yeah, okay. Because he um, drunk too many bottles of water on the set that day. Fucking method. So they just went and they went with it. Um, ah. Apparently, they reused that scene. So mm-hmm. um, some poor bastard had to fucking clean it like after it. <laughs> and the film was completed one day before debuting at the Cannes Film Festival. Fucking hell. And it won the Palm d'Or that ah, year right, in 1990. Jesus. Fucking so, leaving it at the last minute, is it I know. Completed the day before it fucking debuts. Jesus Christ. That couldn't have been hard. Ah, yeah. But fuck. I guess that's that, yeah. I, I never looked up any one-star reviews. No, no. Compl- I completely forgot about them. There was some for Total Recall, but it was more or less with a lot of people being annoyed with uh, various Blu-rays. I don't know. That's what I was actually going to ask. What, did, was the transfer? 
It, it looks not too bad. I was, I'm uh-huh. never one to really notice, like, unless I can see a, a proper comparison between what yeah. you had on DVD and then what you were getting with the Blu-ray, uh-huh. but it, it, yeah. it done the job. It looked clean enough. Yeah. Um, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, patreon.com forward slash FAS podcast for extra podcasts. You can support us on there. Um, social media, FAS podcast again. For Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah. Next week on the Films and Swear Movie Podcast, we will be covering 1991 with, we'll, we mentioned it before, uh, Ron Howard's Backdraft. Backdraft. Yeah, I believe that's one that you've been wanting to yes, talk about for a while. Ah, it's one of these films that you falls off your radar and then, like, doing that Kurt Russell season, that kind of, well, yeah. that Kurt Russell year. Well, the Kurt Russell Challenge, let's get right. Yeah. Uh, the Kurt Russell Challenge, they're all watching, it's like, Jesus Christ, I forgot how fucking get a film backdraft was. Then at some point last year, it was just on Sky, and it was like the last half hour. And just with like the music, stop knocking shit off the shelf, cats. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just with the fucking music and the stuff going on, it's like, Jesus Christ, I forgot. You son of a cat. <laughs> but I just for- forgot how fucking good backdraft was, and it has been one of the things like, we need to find an excuse to watch Backdraft. Aye. There needs to be a way that we need to get this worked into the podcast. So, yes. Next week, it will be Backdraft. Um, could support us on Amazon. Yes, definitely. It's one of those things where if you go to filmsandswearing.com and do your shopping on there. I've done my shopping on Amazon. Wait, r- recently? Yeah. Um, Did uh, you go to filmsandswearing.com first? Nah. <laughs> I threw my phone in. I've knocked my beer over. Um, no, I... What did... Was it like... Did you buy a widescreen telly? Is this... No, I pre-ordered the, the Play Story box set. Oh, and, okay. And um, the other one. And the other one. Wait. The other one. I oh, the Rutger Howard one. one. Flesh and yes. Blood Eye. Yeah. Okay. I'll pick I'll, my phone. I'll, I'll, I mean, it's the first time I've bought any of a... Amazon since Blade Runner 2049. Yes. Aye. <laughs> well, that's it. It's when you're following things like Steelbooks, it, Amazon's not really a place to go to for yeah. Steelbooks. Maybe people reselling them, but other than that. Um, now, I did play music there, but I didn't hear any of it. So, yes, uh, you can do your Amazon shopping via filmsandswearing.com. Just go on to filmsandswearing.com, click on Amazon menu on the right and do your shopping as normal. We'll get a little kickback. Uh, shout out to David Lopan, uh, Andrew Loudon, and Paul Loudon, and a bunch of other folks. Ladies and gentlemen, fuck off and tune in next week. 